This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Well, there we are. Hello, Frank Proctor here. Along with uh, Charlie Dobbin, of course, who is the, uh, well, she is the expert when it Aww. comes to anything gardening. Aw, you're trying to butter me up. Yes, I am, because you, you were giving me you-know-what, because <laughs> I wasn't helping you close the door and move the chairs around and everything. And well, really? so I have to do everything myself. Really? I, I, what do you do? You just go on and you, you get yourself all ready to go on the air and you don't do anything for me. That's so, right. Diva moment for me. God, I'm telling you, it was it was wicked. I'm just saying. like I just a, felt like James Reimer in that uh, net last <laughs> night, man. You're throwing everything at me. Well, oh. at least you blocked it all really well. <laughs> well, and so did he, man. And what a game, what a game. Anyway, my friends, <laughs> yes. this is The Garden Show, and you are invited to give a call, talk to Charlie, because she'll treat you better than she treats me. All right, phone number for Toronto, 416-360-0740, then anywhere else in the province, of course. Toll free, wow, 1-866-740-4740. So... Mm. Uh, yeah, we've got a guest coming along a little bit we later do. on. We do. Lorraine Flanagan's going to join us in a little while. She's uh, a writer, a gardener. Mm-hmm. She goes the extra mile, and I'll tell you all. She'll tell us all about that, the miles she's going to travel okay. on behalf of writing and gardening coming up. Good, good. All right, other things going on. I know you have an announcement, but I'm going first. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Oh, we need a camera in here. The <laughs> Richmond Hill Garden and Horticultural Society is holding their annual plant sale today, 9 o'clock, starting right now till 11.30 at the McConaughey Senior Center, which is at 10 100, so 10100, like that's a big number, Young Street in Richmond Hill. Today as well, the Thornhill Hort Society is holding their plant sale at the Thornhill Community Center, Bayview Avenue at John Street, which in the northwest corner of the parking lot, Again, starting now, 9 o'clock until 2 o'clock. Toronto Botanical Gardens plant sale continues uh, ongoing until tomorrow. Huge selection of hardy perennials, annuals, natives, herbs, and vegetables, shrubs, vines, small trees, and coveted plants from the TBG Gardens. Friendly gardening advice is also available. It opens at 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. today, and tomorrow's the last day. Mark your calendars. Burlington Horticultural Society plant sale, Saturday, May 18th. That'll be next Saturday from 8 a.m. until noon in the parking lot between the Central Library and the Curling Club, 2285 New Street. Again, another another large selection, perennials, good-used garden accessories, books, and a bake table. You know, Frank will be there. Uh, that's it. Uh, Butter rain. tarts. Oh, I'm there. <laughs> exactly. Somebody's <laughs> famous recipe. Rain or shine. For more information, burlingtonhs.com. The Lakefield Hort Society is holding its annual plant sale next Saturday as well, from 8.30 a.m. till 11.30 in the morning at the Cenotaph Park in Lakefield. The funds that are raised 
uh, buy this plant sale uh, help the society to beautify the village. So that's one of the things the Lakefield Hort Society does is they put hanging baskets mm-hmm. and gardens in some of the, the public spaces. So it's it's kind of a neat thing, right? Yeah, it's, nice, nice community effort. There, that's right. right. So people, you know, they're in their gardens. They're digging. They're dividing. Mm-hmm. They're finding plants they don't want anymore. And they pot them up. They donate them to the sale. The sale sells them to other people. The money comes in so that they can go buy new stuff to then – Sounds like an village. endless circle, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be a gardener to think that's fun, right? Um, uh, and then I've got some other things going on in June, but I will stop there because it's we've got next oh. week to to, to uh, announce those. Exactly. And I have a little note to add along here. Oh, There's something brand new coming to Toronto today. It's the Flower Toronto Flower Market. Mm-hmm. Happens at 99 Sudbury Avenue. Uh, in fact, it's underway right now until 3 this afternoon, and it uh, will occur one Saturday per month till September. And it features all local growers, cut flowers, potted plants, which is an excellent idea. It's a neat idea. It's called the yeah. Toronto Flower Market. So yeah. you can Google that if you look need some more information. Just Because yep. to, today is the inaugural. And with Mother's Day tomorrow, <laughs> perfect, Great. perfect Pick timing. up some, something pretty for, for Mama. <laughs> Something pretty. Well, <laughs> send them again. We have to take them. You know, we forgot what? to say hi to my Lord love a duck. Look at that. That's James Patrick Dooley in there, our, our producer. You just said his name with a different accent. I did. That, I did. That's very good. I didn't know you could do and that. You know what I forgot to do? Our little mantra. Uh, oh, gee. She, you didn't poke me. Well, I, I, I was yeah. getting to it. Oh, uh, yeah. Kicking the shins. <laughs> okay, here it goes. Ahem. Call early, call often, one question per call. Okay? All right. All right. Thanks, Frank. (laughs) You break me up. We're going to be back in a moment. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the uh, sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor here, uh, reminding you that if you're a first-time caller, let us know because then you'll hear... Yeah, and you'll get your wings, your yeah. little garden wings. Just before we go to callers, one yes. quick thing. I just want to send out a big thank you to Jacko, uh, is his first name, last name Van Leeuwen, in St. Catharines. He spoke with us last September and then put together a whole DVD of both our conversation on the radio, but also a bunch of photos of his garden and oh, mailed nice, it yeah. to me. So n- very nice property, lovely gardens. He has an amazing watering system for his tomatoes particularly, but he's got corn and beans and, and Anyway, it was, it was very fun to see, and, and I really enjoyed uh, watching the DVD that you sent, Jacko, so, and, and all your little tips and, and everything. I love to, love to hear from listeners, so Excellent. thanks again. Oh, thanks, Jacko. Yeah, and thank you for listening to AM740 Zuma Radio. Well, hey, let's get to the phone calls here because right. that's the main deal here, huh, right? <laughs> Rose is on uh, line one here in Hamilton. Good morning, Rose. Good morning. Morning. Yeah, I'm surprised I got through twice in, in in a row. Oh, well, wow. no, that's nice. That's because you're calling early. Good for you. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I need a little information about milkweed. Mm-hmm. They're, they're talking about the butter, monarch butterflies mm-hmm. and all that, and I'd like to find out whether you can buy some and or how to look after them. What do you do? Uh, okay, milkweed. The milkweed that monarch butterflies need mm-hmm. uh, is a plant that grows very much on its own in waste spaces and ravines. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you will see it uh, anywhere, like as long as there's a sunny location. Like it doesn't grow in deep shade, but you'll definitely see it in parks. You know, edges of parks where there's less maintenance going on nowadays. Yeah, since I gave up my trailer park, uh, yeah, I haven't seen one. 
Oh, okay. They used to have a whole field, but even there, they, you know, they chomped it all down. Oh, too bad. So I don't think you'll find the, like the milkweed that we're talking about here. Okay, what's interesting about it is that the monarch butterfly, as you know, butterflies go through a complete metamorphosis. So before exactly. it turns into a beautiful butterfly, it is a larva or a, you know, big worm, if you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. And that larva eats milkweed leaves before it pupates and becomes a beautiful butterfly and flies away. So the butterflies lay their eggs on milkweed so that when the eggs hatch, the little baby larvae have something to eat right away. And then they fatten up. Oh, and clever. Yeah. yeah it's, it, so that's why there's a sort of thing about protecting milkweed and growing milkweed. It's not typically ever grown as an ornamental because it's not really considered an ornamental. Um, there, are, uh, there are some forms of Asclepius, which is the proper name, that are... Um, are grown as ornamentals, but they don't fulfill that same purpose of being the 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 food for the baby uh, baby monarchs. So, uh, yeah, I was I was hoping you could find something and just stick it in that corner of your garden. Or yeah, and I in think the, the back fence to, over there where there's not too many people sitting yeah, around. It's a great idea. Um, you know what? Let me. I, I'll do a quick search. You're calling from Hamilton. Like I said, I, it's highly unlikely that you'd be something you would buy. But if you take a walk, like if you have any kind of areas, walking parks, walking trails in your area. Milkweed, when it goes to seed, it's got that pod. pod exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pops open and then all these little furry seeds all sort of pop out. All you need to do is find a pod that's hanging on a milkweed as we speak yeah. and stick it in your pocket and take it home and sprinkle some of those seeds on the ground and it will grow. Mm-hmm. It's very well, easy to grow. Well, that would be fun because, you know, I, I, have, uh, I am uh, visually impaired. But I will try it. Yeah, and I'll see. It's an interesting question whether you can actually purchase that. I like I say, I'd be surprised. It's probably against the law to sell it because it's probably on in the weed book as an invasive. Yeah, yeah it's probably like the trillium. You're not supposed to touch them either, are you? Well, that's for a different reason. But yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you're not allowed yeah. to collect them from from the wild. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for your call. It's a good okay, question, so and thanks. You know, I'll be listening anyway. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for bringing Rose. it up, Rose. Thank you. Alrighty. Uh, interesting subject matter there for sure. Now, Brenda in Brampton, anxious to talk to you. Good morning, Brenda. Hello, Brenda. Hello. Good yeah. morning. Hi. Oh, um, uh, how to get rid of a huge colony of ants in the vegetable garden. Oh, well, you haven't planted the vegetables yet, obviously. No, this is somebody else's garden. No, she hasn't. Okay. And the, um, was it there last year? Or it's, it probably was, and it's just still there now, I guess. The, the ants? Yes. She, did, I don't, she never mentioned it last year, but she did this year. Mm. She was, wanted to plant and then noticed all these ants. I know. Okay, so what I would do is, before you do any planting, I would go out to that huge ant colony with a shovel in hand and a kettle of boiling water. I would use that shovel to open up the the ant nest and of course all craziness and frenziness takes place because the ants get very frantic when you open up their nest. They they are quickly grabbing the eggs that you've exposed and they're running away trying to save them. And you've got your kettle or two of boiling water handy and you pour that into the nest. Now, honestly, you'll never kill all the ants. There's just billions and quadrillions and gazillions of ants out there, so don't even try to kill them. All you're going to do is you're going to make the situation they're in one that is not a happy place for them. And you're going to drive them 
to another location, basically. <laughs> it's, it's like literally driving the herd off of one particular area. And of course, at my house, I'm always trying to drive the ants to my neighbor's yards. And it doesn't always work. Sometimes they only go, you know, three feet. And you then see an ant rustler. Yeah. Come on there. Move on. Yeah, rod. <laughs> so, you should avoid that, that particular area as well, then, as far as planting is concerned. Well, she can plant there once the ants have moved on. But you're absolutely right. If there's an ant nest there, don't plant there because nothing is going to do well because the roots will, will always be exposed to the air because that's what ants do. They move the soil around. Or they, even it, nearby. Well, the, and remember, the ants won't eat her vegetables. Like, the ants aren't going to cause any problems other than because of the way they excavate out the nest, they move all that soil and all the mm-hmm. roots get exposed and then the plants die. So, yeah, I mean, give it a bit of a swath to not plant around there or, like I say, start moving them off. And boiling water works amazingly well. Okay, that's okay. great. Thanks for your call. Thank you very Thank much. you, Brenda. And here we are uh, at 921 on this Saturday morning, uh, the 11th of May already. My gosh. That's right. And tomorrow's Mother's Day. Yes, indeed. And good subject matter to think of when, uh, you know, think of flowers for mom. Huh? Yeah. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah, always. Uh, and I am getting ready to exercise once again. <laughs> I'm really getting serious now. I, <laughs> No, I, I really I, – I, I took a look in the mirror the, the other day <laughs> oh. after getting out of the shower and I thought, oh, my God. It's time I've to get got, serious. I've, it's time to get really get serious. I get a little pot here. You're having and, trouble uh, getting into your spandex, my, I bet. My Speedo, my speedo <laughs> oh, will not look scary good at all. <laughs> so I'm going to do my exercises right now. That Speedo in the, sum, in the winter was really oh, making me laugh. Yeah, that, that was chilly. Now, why you. would Frank be doing all these exercises <laughs> in a Speedo yet? And now we're in this beautiful studio with big windows. People are starting to get <laughs> Gather out on the street. Throw things. Oh, my gosh. Get the curtains closed. Somebody. Uh, okay. Frank and I both take something called Sierra Sil, and it is a completely natural mineral supplement that helps us stay active and pain-free. It's just kind of magical the way it works. It doesn't, you know, you've got little creaky joints and sore bits. I know I've been doing a lot of pruning, and my hand was getting a little stiff, but, you know, Three pills of Sierra Sil every morning, and I really find that I do feel a lot better on a consistent basis. So if you're interested in trying Sierra Sil, check them on the web, sierrasil.ca, or give them a call, one joint 14 or pick up Sierra Sil at your local health food store. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, uh, along for the ride here. And hey, we're having a fun morning here, are we not? Yeah, we are. And you're also the undergardener. Because... I, uh, the undergardener, yeah. yes. for those. It's who... like being a gardener in training. <clears throat> And I've been, it's going to take a lot of training, I have to tell you. <laughs> We've got a long ways to go with you. <laughs> okay. We have a special guest coming up in mere moments, but maybe we have time at this particular point to go to one more caller at yes, least. Yes, we do. Rick in Toronto, you're welcome to the airwaves of AM 740. Hi. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. We are being invaded by raccoons. Oh, oh my. Well, you're in Toronto, no surprise there, yeah. I guess. Yes, and critter ritter doesn't help. No. Mothballs doesn't help. No. Anything else, and I wonder if the rat poison that one buys at a hardware store would be good to spread across our backyard, which is fairly deep, so that the raccoons will be repelled by that. And what else will repel raccoons? So what are they doing in the back of your garden? They now? roam around, they sometimes snarl, they growl. Oh, 
So they're they having can be, like they a can whole. Be pretty aggressive. What? They're having like parties or something in your back garden. It sounds like at night, I assume. And during the day. Oh, really? From at five in the afternoon and broad daylight. Oh my gosh! And, Nervy little beggars. And how many raccoons have you got out there at any one time? Uh, we've seen three at one time. Hmm. And they're all big. They're all adults. Yes. Oh, the okay. So the rat poison that you're referring to, uh, the problem with the rat poison is that you've probably got cats in the neighborhood who would also think it was pretty interesting to eat. We've seen cats every now and then, but I don't mind them. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that it's um, it's warfarin, which will in large enough doses kill uh, rats or mice. I think the quantity a raccoon would have to eat is a pretty hefty amount, though. And it is made to smell like cheese and things that rats might like, and probably raccoons might like it too. So the problem would be, it will kill them, like I said, if they eat enough of it. Now, what I'd be doing is I'd be trying to figure out ways to make your yard a place they don't want to have so much fun in. So they don't want to party at your house, they'll go somewhere else. Uh, one thing that sometimes can work is a motion detector sprinkler. And there's one out there called the Scarecrow. And the idea is that you leave it hooked up to your hose. Your hose is on. It sits there. But as soon as there's some movement in the area where the motion detector is picked up, a very high-pressure sprinkler goes off, like almost like a pistol, you know, ka-chung, 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 and swings across the yard. You set it up in such a way that it'll swing through the area where they're tending to have their parties. And they should not like that, and they should move out. Uh, something else that I, I understand raccoons really don't like is the sound of the human voice. So often when people have issues with raccoons, particularly around their house or under their porch or that sort of thing, they will use uh, talk radio and get some talk radio going, just constantly voices in the area where the raccoons are hanging out. And again, this is going to be something that they're not comfortable with and they're going to not want to hang around. So that's, I'd be looking for sort of some kind of ideas that way rather than trying to put out poison because I'm afraid you might poison something you don't want to poison. Okay. So it's this motion sprinkler? Yeah. yeah. That sounds you like get good that one. at a hardware store? I think... Yes, I think you could get that at probably any good, uh, probably home hardware carries it, and I'm not so sure about the big chains. But if you Google it, it's called The Scarecrow. The Scarecrow. Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll check out home hardware within the next week. All righty. Yeah, yeah let us know how that. it works, yeah. uh, Rick, okay? Okay. All right. Take Excellent. Care. Thank you very much. And that, boy, that's a... Uh, uh, raccoons, they can. Uh, we had a house in St. Catharines, and I think I mentioned to you this before. Actually, eight through. It was an old heritage home, two inch pine oh wood the, on the on the roof. Yeah. And it ate. Uh, they ate uh, holes. They had their babies down in one of the chimneys. I know. I'm feeling. Yeah. And so what I did, and I kid you not, I did this. I stole a pair of Dye's pantyhose. Whoa, whoa, filled too it up, much information. Filled it up with no with mothballs. Got up in the roof. Got my fishing pole and lowered it down, thinking see? that the thinking, mothballs yeah, gonna, would drive them away. Yeah, no, it drove us out of the house. <laughs> my God, this stunk. Oh, it was terrible. 
They, and you know what? We came back. We went for a drive thinking, okay, that'll, that'll really ch- chase them away. We came back, and the mama had picked up the mothballs and thrown it out on the roof. You know, you idiot. What are you doing, Proctor? Jeez. Yeah. Clever little devils. Nice try. Yeah. Well, you know, work. our special guest who is joining us imminently, Lorraine Flanagan, yes. is an urban dweller in Toronto, and she may have some suggestions oh, for oh, our last caller idea. with the uh, raccoon issue. Now, Lorraine is, um, like I mentioned earlier, she's a writer. She's a master gardener and she misses few opportunities to visit gardens both far and wide. Now she is uh, embarking on a pretty fun sounding trip. It's the garden making on tour uh, trip. It's start exploring Canada's public gardens coast to coast riding via rail. Wow. Hey, and this is cool. so she's starting out on May 14th and mm-hmm. Lorraine is joining us to give us some details. Good morning Lorraine. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am just peachy. This is Frank Proctor. <laughs> Hi, Hi Lorraine. How are you doing? Well, I, I'm full of envy right now. This sounds like a terrific job oh, you've got. I know, I know. I'm so excited about it. And it, it kicks off on Tuesday morning. I'll be flying out to Victoria. I can't oh, wait. So you start with a flight. Not bad. Yeah, I do start with a flight. Um, the tour actually uh, follows Canada's Garden Route. And mm-hmm. if you go to canadasgardenroute.ca, you mm-hmm. can see a lot of the gardens that I'll be visiting along the way. Mm-hmm. So I fly out to Victoria and then take the train from Victoria right across the country to uh, Moncton. Mm. And then I'm actually going to fly over to Newfoundland, to St. John's, Newfoundland. Oh, great. Yeah, to end the To Memorial University. It literally is from coast to coast. And I think it's absolutely the first time anyone has ever done this. So it's really to sort of celebrate um, and showcase our own public gardens, which are doing some fantastic things. They are. And you're so um, now how did you get this gig? I mean, this is like too cool. I mean, why aren't I doing this? Why are you doing this? No, Charlie, as you know, I do a lot of traveling and I've traveled around the world Mm -hmm. and seen some great gardens. Mm -hmm. um, And then I thought, you know what? Uh, there are such great gardens here in our own country. I think I'm just going to set aside some time and travel. So what I did was <laughs> Must be contact nice. my good friends at Garden Making Magazine, right? and they loved the idea. So things just sort of, the ball just sort of got rolling from there. We contacted the Canada's Garden Route people who contacted Via Rail. Mm. And then we all contacted all the gardens who Mm. are doing spectacular things for this tour. It's not just a a sort of tour, walk me through the gardens, but Mm. I'm really encouraging each of the gardens that I go to to take me behind the the scenes and show me what goes on so that I can share all those insights with garden-making readers. So what you're... Obviously, Garden Making Magazine is a lovely magazine that comes out, I think, nine times a year. Four times a year. Only four times a year. Okay, so are you going to take over an entire issue (laughs) (laughs) with the stories, or how's that going to work? I I think there's going to be enough material to take over a a whole issue, but the editor might have something to say about Mm, that. Probably. But there is going to be um, a huge feature story in the winter issue of Garden Making Magazine. So so watch for that. But as I visit the gardens across the country as well, I'm going to be blogging, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be posting on Facebook, and I'm going to be tweeting. So I hope your listeners and everyone else across the country will follow me and... uh, 
and we'll have fun together. Hey, uh, Lorraine, speaking. I understand that uh, you have uh, you are tweeting people, uh, but I you... have a bone to pick with yeah, you, oh, Lorraine. Oh, yeah, I knew this was coming Uh-oh. up. Yeah, I follow you at City Gardening. Yeah, but you don't follow me. I do. I just followed you. Oh, good thing. <laughs> Two minutes ago, Charlie. <laughs> Boy, you're smooth. Because I was Thank tweeting. Yes, I was tweeting yesterday about our interview today, and I noticed that you were not one of my followers, and I was pretty outraged. So, I am following you, though, really, 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 and probably I didn't get a chance to comment on your tweet mm. or retweet your tweet because I was busy lighting up this uh, this tour. As a matter of fact, just two <laughs> minutes before this interview this morning, I was talking to Paul Feyrick at the uh, Thunder Bay uh, Waterfront Park uh, about the trip I'm making up there on June the 14th, which is Canada's first National Garden Day. So, oh, great. Um, so, uh, Boy, uh, this is a big thing. How many gardens are you going to? Do you know what? I haven't even stopped to count them. Wow. Um, There's that many. We're starting at Butchard Gardens, of course, in yeah. Victoria. I'm also seeing Royal Roads um, near Victoria as well. Then taking the ferry over to Vancouver and seeing the Van Dusen, UBC, the oh, the Dr. Sun Yat Sen. Oh, that's a great garden. Chinese garden. I know, I love that garden. Oh, it's just beautiful. It's so serene, boy. You yeah, just go there and really breathe. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, and it's in a really interesting part of no uh, kidding town as well. Yeah, East Van. So that should be lots of fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to get a chance to go up on the rooftop garden at the Fairmont Waterfront Hotel. So mm. That's going to be exciting too. So that's like six gardens, and you're only in Vancouver. I know, and that's you know day two. No, <laughs> oh, this is going to be really overwhelming. Eh? That's a lot of gardens. Uh, it is a lot of gardens, but I really want to make the most of this yeah. trip and to show showcase as many gardens as I possibly can. Well, and then I'll be sort of hopping on uh, a veal rail uh, train over the Rockies to Edmonton to see the Devonian. They've got some great things out there to show me. I'll be I'll be touring their 192 acres on a golf cart. Good. <laughs> as long as you're not driving, it'll cart. it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Lorraine, <laughs> Lorraine, it sounds to me as yeah. if you really need a personal valley, somebody to carry your bags. You know. So if I got a hold of the folks at Garden Making uh, Magazine, there, uh, I could I could uh, arrange to accompany. You and, oh, and certainly, I don't cost very much, and I'm I'm a small guy, so I can tuck away pretty easily somewhere. <laughs> well, Frank, I'm sure they'd be thrilled, but um, I think you'd have to take a number. Uh, right. so, yeah. Number four hundred yeah. and fifty-three. I, I thought as much. Thanks so much. <laughs> but are you going to get a bit of time between all these tours? Or are you really banging these? Like, for example, when you're in Vancouver, and you know, you, are you going to see like three gardens in one day? Or are you going to be able to spread that out for a three-day thing? Um, the most I'm um, going to be at each place is two days. Oh, so, really? And like in some cases, city? I'm only there for a day, sort of fly in, fly out sort of thing. So, or train in and train out. In, train in and train out, exactly. So, or ferry in and ferry yeah, out. Yeah. Um, it really kind of is sort of air, rail, 
ferry, what, however I can get there. It's Canada. Can get there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll have a marvelous trip, and uh, yeah, you can tell both of us are, are green with envy here. Oh, Sydney, listening to this. No kidding. So, okay, so if people want to sort of stay on top, now the, probably the best place to watch and listen and read what you're doing is uh, would be the City Gardening blog, right? Actually, the gardenmaking.com. Oh, good point. Um, on the website, they have set up a blog. Okay. So if you go to gardenmaking.com forward slash O-N hyphen tour. On tour. On tour. Yep, yep. Okay? Got it. And that's where I'm going to be posting uh, my blogs um, as I visit each of the gardens. Okay. And then there's a Twitter account as well for all you tweeters out there. Um, and it's basically twitter.com slash Canada's Gardens right. or the at sign Canada's Gardens. Gotcha. Um, also on Garden Making's Facebook page, so that's facebook.com forward slash Garden Making, all one word. And of course on my own blogs, uh, citygardeningonline.com and Facebook slash Lorraine. Dot there you go. Lots of ways to follow me. So I want lots of you to follow along. This is all about you sharing my experience as well. And I think you'll be, yeah, of course, people will be wanting to give you some feedback and make some suggestions of things that, you know, don't miss such and such or how does, because, you know, gardens change. Yes, right. Exactly, so when exactly. I've been to some of the places you're going to, I'd love to, you know, you to be to say, "Hey, what do you think of the begonias at uh, at Bouchard?" and have you tweet back or blog back and just say, "Oh, Charlie, begonias are so yesterday. Now yes. it's all about whatever." <laughs> so absolutely, it's, uh, so do do post uh, yeah. comments on on the blog, yeah. um, uh, uh, on Twitter. Uh, there's also a Pinterest board, so if you have favorite photos of your favorite garden, oh, uh, you good. can also post on Pinterest, and that's at the Garden Making Pinterest site. Well, good for you. There you go. And so in a nutshell, that's the coast-to-coast tour of Canada's Garden Route on behalf of Garden Making Magazine. And, and supported by Via Rail. And supported by Via Rail. There well, you go. Well done. We're all jealous. <laughs> have a you wonderful have trip, Marie. You don't have to be because I'm taking you all with. Oh, I suppose yes. Vicariously, we'll travel with you. There but you go. so thanks, Lorraine. Thanks, and we'll certainly be uh, wanting to stay stay in touch. And maybe we'll just get you to give us a call from the road at some point. And absolutely, uh, and absolutely. I think next Saturday I might be ooh on that Via Rail train over the Rockies going uh, into Edmonton. Oh, well, yeah. we'll wow. Talk. We'll yes, indeed. On. There's a thought. Okay. There you go. Okay, Have you fun. Happy trails. Thank you. It was great being on the show this morning, Charlie Frank. Take, Thank you. Take care, well, Lorraine. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, well, and here we are in the studio. Oh, in the studio. <laughs> Looking, well, You've you know what? You've got your Speedo on. I've got, I've that, got yeah. pieces of paper everywhere. <laughs> you kind of fooled me there. I didn't think you'd noticed. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yes, I am, and I'm starting to do my exercises. Mm. I know. Up, down. That's one eyelid. Okay, I'll go the other one now. (laughs) Okay, so why is Frank doing this? Frank wants to get in shape. Frank's decided it's time to get moving. Exactly. We're all going to get moving, and there's nothing wrong with that. We want to be active, and you should come to my house and help me with some gardening. I've got lots to do still at my place. We do this. 
pain-free. Never invited me over for a drink or anything. <laughs> no, now she just wants me to work. work in the garden. Just work. So, uh, but we want to, you know, be active and, and but be pain-free when we're doing yeah. it. And that's where Sierra Sill helps. Any stiff joints, ankles, fingers, toes, eyelids. Sierra Sil seems to really make a difference. It is a completely natural mineral supplement that we take daily, and we do find that we're able to be active and, and not whining at the same time. So for more information, sierrasil.ca, or give them a call, one joint 14 or pick up Sierra Sil at your local health food store. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor, the undergardener, as <laughs> Charlie likes to refer me as. Yes. Uh, ready to welcome to the line Pat, who is calling from Grafton. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, and happy Mother's Day, Charlie. Thank you, Pat, and you too. Yeah, I have a question about... Plants that will grow well in continuously damp soil. We have a rather large property here, and a, a, uh, a large section of it is almost marshy. Mm. And we jokingly thought we should grow cranberries, but I'm not sure. Mm. You could. <laughs> um, um, well, what do you want to grow? You want to grow short things, tall things, medium things? Um. I like I like blooms. I like flowers. We have two willows planted back back there now. We have a weeping willow mm-hmm. and a curly willow. That and are they thriving. love it. Yeah. Yep. yeah, they love that. So, like even last summer when it was dry, dry, mm-hmm. you could walk back there and the ground was squishy. Oh, okay. Well, you know, in terms of color, there are a number of perennials, herbaceous perennials, meaning uh, they survive over many, many years, but they become dormant in the winter. So there's nothing above ground. They pop up from the root every spring. Things like um, iris, not the regular bearded irises, but mm-hmm. some of the native irises, you will, you will see them growing along the edges of streams uh, because they love those continuously moist conditions. Um, there's, uh, there's a um, is it labelia, yeah, perennial labelia gets red flowers. The irises, I'm thinking about iris versicolor is the proper name, comes in yellow or blue flowers. Versa, V-E-R-S-A? V-E-R-S-I-C-O-L-O-R, versicolor. Um, perennial lobelia with red flowers. Um, I grow, well, you might not want to, see, I have like a little water feature in my back garden, which is not an in-ground water garden, but it sits on my, it sits on a patio. It's a half barrel with a little fountain and a pump, so the water circulates through the pump, and it's always making some little soft water noises, which is nice, because I don't really want to hear all the suburban noise around me, and it helps blank that out. But I have little plants growing in pots that I bury for the winter in my garden, but I put them into the water feature. They're always in water, not underwater, but on concrete blocks sitting in the water. And I've got what are called miniature uh, bulrushes or rushes, mm-hmm. which are very sweet, but you wouldn't probably, because these would could be invasive. But you know how bulrushes, they just like to be wet all the time. Yeah, and we have those naturally yes, all would. around us, yeah, you but would. they're the big ones. That's right. And I have like little miniature ones because I'm in a much smaller situation. I have something called, oh, I'll have, as I mentioned, the irises. I'm just trying to remember, it's Queen of the Prairie. I don't remember the proper... Um, 
I'm going to have to look it up. There's a queen of the prairie, and it's it's great flowers. Uh, in the it's got lovely leaves, nice, you know, attractive leaves, and great flowers later in the season. So there's a whole bunch of different plants. What I would do if I were you to really get a good sense of what's out there, Google bog plants, and many of the garden centers that sell uh, water gardening accessories. Uh, Sheridan Nurseries, Terra Greenhouses, uh, you know, all those kinds of people, they sell what are called marginal plants. So plants that grow along the margins of your pond, which is exactly what you're dealing with. Okay. Okay. Now, so you don't want something really tiny because you'll never see it. But No, you know, because we can't cut it. No. No, you just want to be able to have some color that will survive in that situation and it'll just come up, go up and down with the seasons. Nothing will bloom all season, of course, but you right. want some. You won't get a lot of early bloom, but you can certainly get lots of summer and fall bloom. Yeah, uh, when we first came here, we had a lot of the milkweed, mm-hmm. and it just seemed to die off. Probably too uh, too wet. Too wet, but I mean, we it was here when we came, and we haven't done anything with that particular parcel of land. Hmm. Could, has ele- the elevations changed in terms of any development around you, though? Any, no, 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 no. We're on three acres, so. And there's been nothing changed around your three acres? And, no. No way. And the water that's there, is it a, a spring, do you think, or is it uh, an actual stream? Uh, it's water- just that the water table here is so high. High, okay. That, like, with all the rains we've had, we mm. have had a, a probably a 20-foot pond yeah. that eventually dries up. Yeah. Um, and it's... So it's the soil the is really, is. really saturated then. In the spring, yeah. it would be really, and after the snow melt and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I just wonder, you know, sometimes when things die off, it's because something's changed in the environment. So it could be that, you know, uh, north of you or above you in terms of the elevation, something is in that water that didn't used to be in that water. I'm just, you know, cows, you know, could, who knows what it could be. But there's sometimes it's that kind of thing that happens when, when an entire uh, sort of group of plants suddenly dies out. Now, the, but, um, they, some of the butterfly weeds do like the moisture, but the milkweed does not. It likes a fairly dry spot. Oh, okay. And I you know, gather some seeds because they are growing out along the, yeah, the road. Yeah, which is great. And you know, willows are great. Elders like a moist spot. I mentioned that last week. Um, el- any of the elder shrubs like a moist spot as well. Cedars, like the, dogwoods. Uh, I have a, a, a black elder, mm-hmm. uh, the lacy. Oh, nice, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's, I planted it in the wrong spot. The The trunk is about three inches in diameter at the moment. I know, it's, cr- that, that plant is a brute. Pardon I, me? It's a brute, that plant. It is. So I could dig it up and plant it along the edge back there and yep. still enjoy it, and it could do And let thing. it grow, exactly. So just cut it right back now with, you yeah. know, a big saw if necessary. Cut all the branches right back to the ground almost. Treat it almost like a butterfly bush, you know, the way we cut them right down every, every spring. Yeah. And then move it now. Put it somewhere where it can just do its thing. Let it be 10 feet tall and 10 feet yeah. wide. Okay. Because every year, we every spring, we cut it back, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's... It's only about three years old. I know. Like a tree. It's a crazy plant. I had no idea that it grew that fast either or got that big. Neither did we, and it's planted at the corner of my deck. So. Oh, yes. Oh. I have one at the front of my house. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, like... I've been wondering where to move it. That's a good idea. Thank yeah. you so much. All right. Well, thanks for your call, Pat. Thank you. Good have to a hear great from day. you. And thank you for joining us here on The Garden Show from AM740. Well, my namesake, Frank, from Bolton, is on the line. Hi, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Great. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning to you both. 
Uh, I understand that the mantra is one call per person, correct? No, it's one question per person. One question. One question. You can call as many times oh, as you want. Oh, well. How about <laughs> question a, uh, 1A and 1B? <laughs> You're sneaky. Yeah. I'm telling you. Here we go. Well, anyway, Charlie, here's yes. my problem. Yes. I have wild grass growing amongst my creeping roses. I have, I think, about a half a dozen creeping roses. And, the, and this wild grass, whether it's a couch or... Or a crabgrass, because yeah. I guess it's coming from a rhizome. I notice it in other parts of the bed. Mm. But now it's right in amongst the, uh, the growing stems of my roses, and oh. I just can't get it out. Is there possibly a spray I can use that would kill the grass but not the roses? No. No. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, you know what? If it's growing from a rhizome, it's probably quack grass, not crabgrass. Crabgrass, okay, yeah, it grows as a little clump, and you can actually pull, you know, quite with enough work, get rid of crabgrass fairly easily. Okay, but the, the rhizome-based grasses like quackgrass, they will work their way all through your gardens. And as you pull on the green bit uh, and you are able to remove, and particularly after the nice rain we've had, get out a fair amount of root, even if you leave a microscopic piece of root behind, it will regenerate from that tiny bit of root and keep growing. Wow, and, then I have a major problem. I have to dig the whole bed up. Exactly. Again. And so that's what I was going to say. There, there are sprays that will, after many applications, kill the quack grass, but the problem, or any grass, the problem is it would be virtually impossible to not actually contact the roses. You'd end up doing a bunch of damage to the roses as well. No, that's, that's what I anticipated. Yeah, there's, because it's growing right in, in, yeah. right in, the, in the clump there, right in with the roses. You have to rose. dig up the roses. You have to pull apart all that soil and get all that root and grass yeah. out and then replant the, you know, the roses somewhere temporarily while you go at it in that bed and get everything out. That's uh, what I was thinking. And, and then go back. I, I was hoping you'd give me a quick fix. I wish I could. There's no quick fix. No, there isn't. What you there's what you need is a selective herbicide that will selectively kill grasses okay. and only grasses, but it doesn't exist okay. that I know and of. By the way, uh, thank you for that, Charlie. By the way, Frank, I forgot to tell you, I'm a long-time listener, but a first-time caller. Oh, oh. my gosh, there you go, Frank. <laughs> thanks. Okay, well, thank you very kindly, and you both have a wonderful day. Thank uh, you. Thanks for calling, and, and welcome to the show. Bless your That's heart, great. Frank, for mentioning that. Always makes me feel happy when we talk to folks who are I brand know. new to the airwaves here at AM740. Matter of fact, we have to take a quick little break and come back. No, to we talk don't. To, uh, no, no, we don't? Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Um, we're confused. We're confused. No little break? No, no break. break. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm not confused anymore. <laughs> uh, Marilyn is on the line. James from is, Durham. In, is in control. He, he knows is what's in going control. On. Exactly. <laughs> James Patrick Dooley points to the line, and Marilyn should be saying hi and good morning. Hi, Marilyn. Good morning. How are you? Great, thanks. I'm good. also a first time caller. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, I listen a lot, but uh, I have a question. It's nothing to do with plants outside, mm -hmm. but. Um, I have an orchid, mm -hmm. and I've had it for probably 12 years, and it bloomed religiously, continually. And we were away for a while, and I think my son overwatered it or whatever. Anyways, the the original stem that all the um, all the um, flowers come off of mm -hmm. dried out, so I cut it off. Mm -hmm. And and you know, there's all those other little squiggly things. But is there any way of getting 
now it doesn't flower. Like it's been a couple of years now that it hasn't flowered. So it, it did all this great flowering for, like you said, for years. Yes. Continuously. Yes. And then, I mean, eventually the flower stem does finish because this, it, I'm assuming you have a phalaenopsis or a butter moth orchid, they're called. So yes. the stem grows up and lovely flowers and you'll get little side shoots and more buds and more flowers. Right. And that can go on, there's no question, for sometimes months, if not years. Yes. But... <clears throat> It won't go on forever. Like that flower stem oh. at some point just has to give it up. Oh. What I would do is, do you fertilize the orchid? No. That's what I'd be inclined to do. I would get on, get some orchid fertilizer and follow the instructions. Uh, one of the best ways to water, of course, the orchid is growing in a pot full of um, really like uh, bark. It's not, not soil. Have you ever uh, repotted the plant? No, I haven't because I'm scared to do that because I thought for sure I'd kill it. <laughs> the plants are the green, the, you know, the leaves are green and, and yeah. nice, but yeah. there's just no, I cut off that dead, that dead stem. Yeah. And it's never, ever grown a new stem, just all those other little squiggly things that. Well, the squ- are they roots when you say squiggly things? No, you know, you know, at the bottom of the leaves, there's all those little, is that roots that are exposed though? Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't cut those off. Let no, them be. Yeah. No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. But I thought, okay, it's going to grow a new mm-hmm. stem for these flowers, but mm-hmm. it, it never, ever did. And I thought, oh, I wish I hadn't cut it off, but it was pretty dried out. Yeah. No, you you, you were right to cut it off. When it, it probably outlived its... Well, it's been, it's, fin- it's been at least 10 or 12 years that I've had it. Well, well, that's great, though. I mean, you're obviously doing something right. I guess I, the one thing I would suggest is consider repotting. And if you're going to repot, this is the time to do it. Okay. When it's least stressful on the plant because, you know, spring is in the air and plants know it and they're full of a lot of energy. And again, this is the perfect time to do some fertilizing okay. with uh, house plants. And, uh, and, you know, there's some good information on the web or, you know, to uh, <clears throat> S-O-O-S dot C-A. So that stands for Southern Ontario Orchid Society dot C-A. They have great information on their website. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe take a peek there. If you're, if you're a little worried about the repotting, you can get some good tips from there. Okay, because I... And you're saying it's more of a bark soil? It's not yeah. a real heavy soil? It's not. It, orchids of any of the varieties that we're growing in our homes typically are not... Uh, terrestrial plants. They don't grow with their roots in the soil, which is why you always see those roots on the surface mm-hmm. of the bark, because they get a lot of air and or, yeah, a lot of oxygen and nutrients from the air. So they have aerial roots. And in the natural world, they will be found in the crotches of trees and on branches. They, they are just, they kind of sit, they take advantage of, of moist little spots where there's a tiny bit of organic material and that's where they grow. Okay. So yeah, they are strictly going into bark, not potting soil. Okay. All right. All right. Good well, stuff. I'll try that. I have another hint for the guy uh, with the raccoon. Oh, cool, yeah. A, a suggestion that I have to, is a mixture of peroxide and baking soda. I don't think cats would like that either. No, it doesn't. Oh, you, well. Baking soda be, and peroxide, that sounds explosive. Well, it might explode. But <laughs> 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 you want it, or else, of course, a live trap with marshmallows or fish. Yeah, yeah there's that. Yeah, they're pretty smart. They can get the stuff from the sides. I know. You know, so you have to block the sides so they don't take the food out in the live traps. But but uh, peroxide and baking soda mixture paste mm-hmm. that I don't think the cats would go to. No, I don't think so. And and the idea is it just smells bad and they stay away from it. Maybe. Uh. I, I'm I'm not just sure. I heard that hint uh, from another show. 
and we are on a farm, so we have lots of coons. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for that. Information. Thank you very much, Marilyn. Oh, okay. That. that sounds. Okay. That sounds. You're right. Explosive to me. So yeah, I need to look that one up before we do any recommending. You'll, you'll know that Marilyn's out there blowing up the. You want to be raccoons. really careful <laughs> yeah. when you're mixing some uh, really active ingredients. So oh, yeah. baking soda and hydrogen peroxide. Well, I'm gonna like before I recommend it. I'm gonna look that one up. Very okay. good. All righty. Do we have time for one more call here? Uh, uh, if it's a quick yes, one. Yes, all right. Violet in Aurelia Online. Hello, Violet. Welcome to the show. Hi. Morning. I'm a first-time caller as Oops. well. Oh, just a sec. There you are. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, my question is, I'm trying to find a four-leaf clover, and I'm mm. not having any luck. Specifically four-leaf clover. Right. Uh, now... Oxalis, O-X-A-L-I-S, is a plant that is for sale at this time of year, typically in garden centers. It's not truly, well, you grow it, it, are there four leaves or is there three? I just can't remember. (laughs) I think it grows with four leaves. Yeah, look for Oxalis at your local, uh, you're in Aurelia. Any garden center would have it now. It's a little tiny bulb and it grows, it's got little flowers. It's a sweet little plant. We always see it at St. Patrick's Day Mm -hmm. in uh, the grocery stores Mm -hmm. and anybody who grows, sells uh, indoor plants. But even now you should, you could find it. I bet you at a, even a Home Depot or a Lowe's. How's that spelled, Charlie? O-X-A-L-I-S. Oxalis. Is it S like Sam? Yeah. Uh, o X as in X ray, A L I S as in Sam. Oh, okay. Okay. I have a shamrock, but it's a, it's a four leaf clover I'm looking for. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. Good very luck much. with that. Thanks for your call. Have a good day. Okay. Glad Thank to welcome you. you as a new caller to yes. AM 740, The Garden Show. Okay. So before we go, a yeah. couple of important things. Frost warning. Oh, oh. Yeah, this is, I know it's the middle of May, and I know we've had some really warm weather, and we've all been out there sweating in our shorts and having some fun outdoors, but it's a cool weekend and some couple of cool nights. So hopefully people have not planted anything tender into their gardens. If you have, get those pails, you know, the any pots. you got to get the plants covered these next three nights. We're going to have down to two degrees in the uh, Toronto area, so obviously colder outside of Toronto. Um or if these plants are not potted in the gr- planted in the ground, get the plants in the garage or at least under cover. Get them up on the porch. Try to not bring them inside. That's a bit too extreme because it's too warm. But get them so that there's a cover and the frost hopefully will not damage them. Very good. Nice reminder and uh, something that would break your heart after I all know, the hard work. Of growing course. stuff. Yeah. Or, yeah, getting it. So- and also big, big smooches to all the mothers tomorrow. Exactly. I hope they're all going to be treated like queens. I've told my family I'm calling this Mother's Day weekend and I'm taking the entire weekend off so they better get ready to serve. Stay tuned for <laughs> Dave's Corner Garage. Charlie and I are out of here. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for all your great calls, everybody, and good tips. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.